Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. If you would stand with me for the reading of the word. Didn't Brendan do a great job Wednesday night on the enemy's gamble? Did a great job and happy Friendsgiving. We're grateful to have guests in the house. We are so grateful for all of you. I hope you all have a great Thanksgiving week. There is no midweek service here at LifePoint, but uh, you spend some time with your family. Pray that God would bless your time together. I want to look at Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. We're going to have a little bit of a Bible study here this Sunday morning. Luke 17, 11 through 19. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices collectively and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. King James, your faith has made you whole. We're going to get into a Bible study. Last week we looked at Elijah. Today we're going to take a look at these ten lepers with special emphasis on the one. And we'll conclude our series entitled, gratitude adjustment. Let's say a prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word, for your faithfulness. I pray that you would speak to us today in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. There are 37 miracles of Jesus documented in the gospels with details and specifics. There are many more than that, but these are the ones with details and specifics. And if you put them in chronological order, this is the 32nd one. One of them occurred or a couple of them occurred after, uh, you could argue it, but after the resurrection. <clears throat> this is the 32nd one, and this one occurred at the end of his earthly ministry. He was only weeks away from the cross. And at that time, the Bible says he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. The wording is very specific. Jesus moved along the, the border that separated Samaria and Galilee. You see, Jews hated Samaritans, and Samaritans hated Jews. They each had their own space. They had designated space for each other, drew lines to keep themselves in and the ones they hated out. But Jesus walked right up in the middle of them both. This tells me, as Peter later discovered, that our God is no respecter of persons. And that's exactly how the church is supposed to be, too. Can I say this on Friendsgiving? Prejudice 
is a sin. It's a sad commentary when blacks, whites, Hispanics, Latinos, Asians, Indians, etc. work together, play ball together, go to school together, but on Sunday morning they worship separately. I'm just going to tell you that's not the will of God. It's one thing if we speak different languages, I get that, the language barrier. But if we speak the same language, English in our case, then God forbid that skin color or cultural differences keep us from gathering around the same throne of grace and worshiping the same king who happens to be the king of kings and lord of lords, and his name is Jesus. Come on now. I am thankful for the diversity that's in this house in every way, even politically. I say the more the merrier. Let's get some diversity in the house. That's how heaven's going to be, right? We saw that in Revelation 7. Every tribe, every nation, every kindred, every tongue. And I might add this, incidentally, if you just decide to hang on to your prejudice and only want to hang out with those like you and be around those like you, and you don't want to stretch and grow and learn and all that stuff, let me just say this too. I got, I got, I got to warn you. I'm going to give you some bad news. Hell is just as diverse. Every tribe, every nation, every tongue. I mean, right? So we might as well learn how to love people here. At Life Point, we're all about Jesus, people, mission. Jesus is first. People matter. All people, every people, every person, every tribe, every nation, every tongue. Hallelujah. Now, I'll be honest with you, just like anybody else with any other sin, prejudiced people are welcome here in these doors. If you're super prejudiced, man, if you're part of some hate group, hey, you're welcome here. But let me just tell you this, we're going to teach the Word of God, which is against all of that. We're going to pray against that spirit. We're not going to celebrate it, promote it. We're going to pray the word and the spirit brings conviction. And the person that's struggling with all that eventually gets set free in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now in our story, while Jesus was walking the borderlands of Galilee and Samaria, ten lepers began to cry out to him. They were the outcasts of society. And I might add There were Jews and there was at least one Samaritan in that bunch. They were outcasts from both of their respective societies. The lepers were demonstrating something so powerful. They had decided to put aside their differences because they shared one common condition. You see, they no longer identified as Jews and Samaritans. They simply identified and unified as lepers. Rather than just complaining because of their leprosy, there was some gratitude that came in their midst as they learned from their condition. Thank God I may have leprosy, but I'm learning I don't have to hate my brother over here who comes from a different world than I come from. I mean, I was taught to hate. I was taught to separate. But I'm learning 
these differences don't matter nearly as much as I thought they did. There was a gratitude adjustment that was taking place. The leprosy had eaten away not only their fingers and toes, but had eaten away their prejudice. Sometimes trouble can change our perspective in good ways. We're just trucking along, everything's fine, and we got all kind of barnacles hanging on our boat, if you know what I'm saying. And the trouble comes along and begins to scrape us and, and rub us the wrong way and shake us. David said, it was good for me that I was afflicted. I had a perspective shift in the middle of that. If we could get it through our heads that the human condition is what we all have in common. I mean, Paul said it like this. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And any strengths or perceived individual advantages we have matter so very little in light of the fact that we've all sinned. Shakespeare said, misery acquaints a man with strange bedfellows. The, 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 the saying in politics is that politics makes for strange bedfellows. I'm telling you, we all have our struggles, but we all together have a great Savior. He's a Savior for all the world. My Bible tells me, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes on him would not perish but have everlasting life. Paul said, while we were all yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. So we can collectively all get together, warts and all. I mean, every nation, every tribe, every kindred, every tongue, all of our issues, all of our struggles, we can gather together around the throne of grace and say, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Now, throughout Scripture, leprosy is seen as a type of sin. So if you want to see the absolutely devastating effects of sin, then it would behoove you to take a look at the absolutely devastating effects of leprosy. Mycobacterium leprae is the bacillus that is at the root of the disease known as leprosy. Today it's called Hansen's disease. There's a leper colony not far up the street here in Carville. Leprosy attacks the nerves and skin, MacArthur says. It anesthetizes the body so that feeling is lost. It starts becoming visible with a white or pink patch of skin showing up on the forehead or the nose, the ear, the cheek, the chin. The patch then spreads in all directions and spongy, tumorous swellings grow all over the face and then begin to descend all over the body as the disease becomes systemic. It becomes also involved with the internal organs as well as the skin, fingers, and toes can be absorbed into the body, literally absorbing themselves into the body because of the bacillus invading the bone marrow, impairing blood supply, causing the bones to shrivel and the rest of the body to shrivel as well. The skin loses its original color, becomes thick, glossy, scaly. As the sickness progresses, the thickened spots become dirty sores and ulcers due to poor blood supply. The skin, especially around the eyes and ears, begins to bunch up and deep furrows form and, and make the person resemble a lion, uh, the features of a lion. So the, the, the open store, sores are, are disgusting and, and putrid, and they emit a, a very unpleasant odor. The bacillus can destroy the eye and cause blindness in the leopard, penetrate the teeth, causing them to all fall out. The disease attacks the larynx, 
affecting the leper's voice, making it weak and raspy. And in the same way, you could say this, sin. Man, it, it, it starts on the outside. It goes deep on the inside. It, it numbs, spreads, distorts, destroys, rots, blinds. Sin is contagious. And in the end, sin wins. And just as these ten lepers found an antidote for leprosy in Jesus, we also can find an antidote for the sin problem that without which it will win, and our antidote's the same as theirs, and that's Jesus as well. So in our story, I want to look at Jesus. He was on the last leg of his three-year ministry. He had healed hundreds of thousands of people throughout Judea and Galilee, even in Samaria. Everybody had heard of him. And as he traveled this borderland country, he came to a little village and was suddenly confronted by this integrated group of outcasts, these lepers who had begun to consider the possibility that Jesus might, maybe, might, just could help them. Now, again, I think this is cool because they heard about him coming, and you know there was a gratitude adjustment that took place. This Jesus that's healed all manner of sickness and disease, even lepers, is coming right into our backyard, right into our neighborhood. So they immediately, rather than focusing on the sickness and focusing on the problem, they said, maybe we can get to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you're coming by my way. I love that. Uh, Walls had already come down in their lives. Prejudices had fallen away. But now they're saying, thank you, Jesus, that you're passing in our direction. And so with their weakened voices raspy, leprous, distorted voices, they began to cry out in this weird, raucous cacophony. And so I'm I'm trying to put my mind in there, and it's, it's, it's not like, you know, blind Bartimaeus with a strong voice. Jesus! It's the raspy larynx of lepers collectively. Jesus! It says they cry with a loud voice. This was a difficult thing for them to do from the description of the disease. But they're, they're putting everything they have into it. Jesus! Master! What they needed was healing, but what they were wise enough to ask for was mercy. Jesus! Master! Have mercy on us. Let me encourage somebody today. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, the presence of God is in this house. You need to thank God right now. Adjust your attitude. Thank you, Jesus. I'm facing some mountains. I'm facing some impossibilities. I'm facing some stuff I can't explain. I can't even wrap my mind around. I don't know what my future looks like. But thank you, Jesus, because in this moment, right here, right now, I'm in your presence. And I'm going to take what I have left, and I'm going to reach out to you. Jesus, master, I can't even say it like I used to, but I'm thankful that I have a little bit of voice left in me. At least I got something to reach out to you with. Have mercy. When you come to Jesus and cry out for mercy, even when you're struggling, broken, weary, tired, feel like all hope is gone, 
You come to him just like that, just as you are. Take all the strength you have. Take what you have left and cry out to Jesus for mercy. Because I'm going to tell you, you can sow your cry for mercy as a seed in the soil of amazing grace. And it will spring up. God does not turn aside from that. He turned towards them. He acknowledged them. Listen to what happened to these lepers. When they cried out to Jesus for mercy, he responded by giving them, I love this, wait for it, direction. I told you before, when God starts giving you direction, that's sacred ground. I mean, even when it's something you don't understand, you question, you don't even want to do, it's take your shoes off. It's sacred ground. I take my shoes off, but I don't know what my socks look like. I had a second thought. (laughs) It's sacred ground. Direction. He gave them direction. Think about that. They had been wandering directionless for God knows how long. Where are we going today? Well, we can't go into town. Let's, let's go over here. Let's go by that tree. Let's go up this hill. Nah, I'm tired of that. Let's go over by that brook. I mean, wandering directionless. No hope. No future. But in his mercy, check that out. In his mercy, He gave them direction. He gave them purpose. He didn't show them the full picture, just the next step. Divine direction. Mercy gives direction. If you've gotten direction from God, it's only because of His mercy. Jesus commanded these ten lepers to go and show themselves to the priests. You see, this is what one's cured of leprosy were supposed to do according to the law of Moses. If for some reason the leprosy left, they were supposed to go show themselves to the priest. The priests were to inspect them and declare them to be ceremonially clean and then reintegrate them into the community. There were all kinds of protocols found for this. Leviticus 13, Leviticus 14. There's a lot to say about it. Jesus had told the leper he had healed earlier in Luke 5 the same thing. Go show yourself to the priest. Now in the case of these ten lepers, there was no evidence that they were cured at all. Not yet. But they had called him master. Jesus, master. Strange they should use that word, master. He, he seized on that word. You think I'm your master? Do what I say. If you love me, keep my commandments. Go show yourselves to the priest. Well, I don't see any evidence. My toes are all, you know, they're still gone. Jesus, I still got these spots. You know, Elijah, do I still have these spots? Oh, yeah, you fill with spots, man. Does that have these spongy tumors on my ear over here? Oh, you feel with spongy tumors. Well, how come he said go show ourselves to the priest? I don't know. But I think it's an act of mercy. Well, they're going to kick us out. We're going to get in trouble. No. He told us to go show ourselves to the priest. So I don't care if it makes sense or not. I don't care if I can see the evidence yet or not. I'm going to take the master totally at his word, and I'm going to go as he has mastered me to go, commanded me to go, even though it doesn't make sense. Some of us need a gratitude adjustment. Instead of saying, Lord, why did you ask me to do that? Lord, why are you 
commanding me to do this. I don't want to do that, Lord, and it doesn't make sense. We need to adjust our attitude and say, thank you, Jesus, even though it doesn't make sense. I'm just grateful you're talking to me. I'm going to take you at your word. And so as they went, as they obeyed in faith the word of Jesus, the master, they were all cleansed. Oh, think about that. I mean, Lord only knows how long some of them had faced this. And they were all cleansed. Maybe somebody had recently joined the colony. Maybe somebody had been in the colony for 15 years. But they were all, as they went, cleansed. You've heard it preached different ways. Listen to the way I'm going to preach this right now. The wording for cleansed really leaves no room for doubt. They were healed. Top to bottom. Inside and out. It seems to indicate at least that the missing pieces were replaced right then and right there. Think about that. Somebody's missing fingers. Sometimes they grow together and get all and shrink up into, and all of a sudden, as they go hobbling along, they're totally restored. Fingers, toes, earlobes, noses, patches gone, insides fixed. Everything's immediately where it should be. The skin, tissue, muscle, teeth, bone, organs, all immediately restored. Maybe, maybe you know, they had a, a few seconds of this going on and they see it going on in their buddy. They feel it going on in themselves. And, and maybe their blind eyes are open. It's an astounding miracle. In Luke 5, one leper was cleansed. Here we have 10. It's the same rejoicing times 10 in our text. Here's the takeaway. They obeyed in faith before they saw a symptom disappear. As a matter of fact, the healing was found in the obedience. Maybe I'm talking to somebody today. As a matter of fact, maybe your healing is found in the obedience. Making it right with that person that offended you making it right with that person you did wrong, backing away from that relationship you know you have no business being in, maybe writing out that check you're supposed to write out you felt convicted about, maybe going down, listen, in waters of baptism, in the name above every name, you put it off, you said, no, that doesn't matter. Maybe that's the direction he's giving you. Maybe it's being filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on now, speaking in tongues. People say that's nuts. Maybe that's what God's called you to. I believe it is. Where you can be filled with the power from on high. Maybe you just need to start going to church on a regular basis and quit saying, I don't need to go to church. I have church on my own. Maybe you need to get involved in a community of faith. Maybe that's what he's saying to you. And even before you sense a change, you need to start moving in that general direction because the healing is found in the obeying. Come on now, give him some praise. It's one thing to say I believe. It's another thing to show you believe by doing what he says. It's not that deep. It's really not. And as they went, they were all cleansed. Nine of them kept going. I mean, he told them, go show yourself to the priest. So the nine kept trucking. They were obeying Jesus. 
But that doesn't seem to have been Jesus' intention. I mean, he gave a command. But we can tell from the conversation he was disappointed in the other nine. So, listen, this is a, a, guy, a group of guys that set aside their prejudices, unified because of a common weakness. They, they rally, they move together as a flock, you know, to Jesus, cry out, use their collective voice to add volume, and Jesus listens to them, and, and then they go in obedience together, but that's where the unity is. One guy breaks away on his way to the priest, and he breaks away. Now, that's interesting to me. The guy, it says here, when he comes to Jesus, Jesus, it says he, he fell down and, and began to worship Jesus and, and thank him and praise him. It, it's this total surrender, this complete adoration, this position of humility. And, and then Jesus says, where are the other nine? Now, in the Greek language, it's even more emphatic. He's saying, the other nine are where? Like, are you kidding me? They, they continued on to the temple? I mean, where are they? Are you kidding me? And then Jesus says, only one of you came back to thank me? And, and this one, it's a strong word, is a foreigner? An alien? The Greek is allogenes, which means genes, race, and allo, another. A, a man of another race, another people group? Je, Jesus, here's the idea, was sending the ten to the temple to show themselves to the priest. And this foreigner was a Samaritan who was not welcome at the temple. As a matter of fact, there was a sign on the temple that said, uh, Allogenes, no foreigners allowed. No Samaritans allowed in here. And and so he, he couldn't go back there. Now, it could be argued that he could go to Mount Gerizim where there was a distinct Samaritan priesthood. Going back 34 centuries, during the time of Jesus, there was a high priest at Mount Gerizim, the Samaritan place of worship. You remember the woman at the well? She's like, you know, you Jews worship in, you know, on, on Mount, uh, over here in Jerusalem. We, we worship over here in Mount Gerizim on this mountain. And Jesus said, the Father seeking those who worship him in spirit and in truth. So it's, it's the idea. During Jesus' time, there was a high priest known as Jonathan III. He could have gone and shown himself to Jonathan III, but something in him compelled him not to go to Gerizim or Jerusalem, but to go back to Jesus and worship him. I mean, the Father is seeking those who worship him in spirit and in truth. The other nine probably thought, wow, when we get to the temple, we'll thank God there. That's where he dwells. But Jesus was right Nicobot on that house. He hadn't been there a thousand years in a thousand years except in Jesus Christ. God was in Christ. And here is this Samaritan at the feet of Jesus giving thanks is, is really linked to perspective. The ten, the nine, you know, the ten realize we don't deserve anything, so they cry out for mercy. They cry out for mercy. But, but this, this one guy comes back, and he has this, this perspective like, 
I'm not welcome in Jerusalem with those priests. I don't think he would have meant Gerizim with that priest. You know what? I think you, you are my priest. You are my intercessor. You can do for me what I've not gotten out of my religion and my buddies didn't seem to get out of their religion anymore. He turns to Jesus, and Jesus looks at him and says, Listen, you go your way because your faith has made you whole. It's a different word there. It's sozo. Let me just put it this way. As great as the miracle they had received was, when this fellow came to Jesus, he got more in his worship and praise and thankfulness than the others had gotten that he had gotten before. Can I tell you this? God has been so good to us, man. There's common grace, which we all experience every day with a beautiful day, beautiful sunshine, beautiful weather. And then there's this extraordinary grace, this, this grace that he shows and shines upon us at different seasons in our lives, individually helping us, showing us, guiding us, leading us. Those are great things. But I'm going to suggest to you that there are some things that he wants to give you that you will get no other way than coming into his presence and bowing before him and humbling yourself like never before and saying, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done so far. I, I don't deserve it, and I want you to know that's why I am here today. I'm going to tell you something. If Jesus didn't ever do anything else for any of us, we should be in church every time the doors are open. When we get out of bed in the morning, we should open our eyes and say, Thank you, Jesus, for, the, for waking me up this morning, for starting me on my way, for putting breath in these lungs. There should be a thankfulness. Because there are things he wants to give you you will not get until you humble yourself and worship him and thank him for what he's done. Can you stand with me right now? Come on, lift your hands and give him some praise. Thank you, Jesus. completeness this man would have never gotten back had he been satisfied with just his initial encounter with Jesus had he just been satisfied with that initial touch that initial direction but because he refused to go on in his life without coming and spending some time in his presence and thanking him thanking Jesus the door was open for him to receive even more what more is God wanting to put into your life? What more is God wanting to sow into your world? It's going to come as we humble ourselves in praise and worship and thanksgiving. That is the key that unlocks the door to more. Everybody say more. He's got more for you. There's more for you. Thank you, Jesus, for this little direction. But I'm telling you, he has more. He has more. It's found in thanksgiving and worship and praise. There are some things you cannot get from Jesus any other way than by thanking Him, and worshiping Him, and praising Him. 
And I'm closing with this. Some of us need to get a gratitude adjustment. Refuse to walk a step further without giving Him praise. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done. I ain't stopping here, though, God. I'm not shutting the door on my experiences and saying, well, that's all there is to it. You know, I turned to Jesus. That was great. Thank you, Lord, for touching me. I'm not stopping there. Thank you, Jesus, for the waters of baptism. What a powerful experience I experienced there. I'm not memorializing that and setting that up and stopping there. Thank you, Lord, washing away my sins. Praise you, Lord, that I believe there's, you've got a, another door to open. Thank you, Lord, for filling me with your spirit to the overflow, speaking in tongues. Thank you, Lord. But I'm not stopping there. I will continually offer up the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of my lips giving thanks to his name. Because God's got faith to faith and glory to glory and step after step and door after door that God opens and no man can shut. I'm on a journey. I've got a destiny to fulfill. I've got a calling. And it's only found that next step, that next door will open as you give thanks to his name and give him praise. It's time to adjust our attitude. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe somebody's breakthrough is on the other side of a hallelujah. Today, maybe somebody's wholeness is found on the other side of a dancing before the Lord with all of our might. Maybe somebody's fulfillment is found on the other side of bending the knee and saying, thank you, Jesus. You are my high priest. I've come to show myself to you. You ever live to make intercession for me. Amen. Just lift your hands across this house. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence, for your challenge. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed by the preaching of God's Word. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, or if you plan to attend one of our services, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.